So pay attention guys, if you want to be a high net worth individual or you want to be a high level entrepreneur, then you need to get into the right rooms. So I have gone and created a free WhatsApp channel where you can learn how to grow your business, scale your business and connect with like-minded people. So if you want to join this free WhatsApp channel, the link is in the description below. I'll see you in there. My name is Ibi Aslam and you're listening to Ibi Aslam Uncensored. Welcome to my podcast where we discuss property, business, lifestyle and well-being. If this is the first time you are visiting us, then please hit the follow button on your app. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there. Amit, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming down. I like that brown blazer. Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about yourself. Tell me who you are. Tell my audience about you. Because I remember I reaching reaching out to you. Was it a few months back now? A few months back now, yeah. And I think as I was saying earlier on, I seen you on Shivani's podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I thought fascinating. I thought you know what I want to get him on. His story needs to definitely needs to be heard by more people. And then doing some research on your, you've got your own YouTube channel, yeah. you've got so many things going on. And you're, you're a quite inspirational person. Well, thank you, firstly. The, um, my name's Amit Ghosh. I was born with a rare genetic condition called neurofibromatosis, type 1. A condition many people cannot even pronounce, <laughs> let alone understand yeah. what it means. Um, it's more commonly known as NF one just to simplify it for people. Yeah. Uh, it's basically tumours that grow on nerves, it can grow anywhere in the body. There's about 3,001 people around the world that have this. Okay. For me, it grew pretty much on my face. It can grow anywhere in the body. So I couldn't hide it. You know, it was very much in the face. Yeah. And throughout my life, I've faced various challenges, various stigmas, comments, right from the very day, very first day in school, in primary school, going to secondary school, the transition between secondary school to college, then university, then getting a job, and, you know, up until when I was getting married, and even now, mm. there's, you know, you're constantly battling with comments. And up until six months ago, I hadn't done any of this. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't made any videos. I wasn't on YouTube. I wasn't doing any videos on Instagram, I wasn't doing any videos on TikTok, but my wife, she kept saying to me, you should talk about your condition, I think you're going to help people, and she kept nagging me to make a TikTok video, like literally, really? or TikTok or YouTube, she said do something, like you know, do some content, because I think you know, it's a great, you've got a really great backstory, and I think you can really help people, mm. and I was like, I don't know. And then somebody said to me, I went to a networking event for work, for my day job. And somebody said to me, you should make a TikTok video. You'd blow it up. And I was like, (laughs) TikTok for me is like dancing and miming, not for me. (laughs) And as wives keep nagging you, she kept nagging me and nagging me. So I thought, you know what? I'll make something. So I went for a walk one day. Yeah. And out of some inspiration, took my phone out and just spoke to my phone and said, my name's Amit Ghosh. I was born with neurofibromatosis. And I want to take you all on a journey. Yeah. To help support and inspire you with my real life stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally that. And within 24 hours, that video got over 100,000 views. Wow. And suddenly at one point on TikTok, I was getting more than 1,000 followers and people messaging me and, and some of the stories I'll talk to you about today of people following me and, and commenting and asking me questions. And every day I would share a story of something that happened in my life yeah. and how I dealt with them. And that brought me to a point where 
uh, other sort of content creators like contacting me. There's one called Truly from US who makes stories around people with disabilities, uh, Unilad, Lad Bible, Yahoo, all these different social media companies, news outlets contacting me to interview me and put my content out there. Suddenly, four months, five months down the line, I Google my name and there's over 35 different news articles on me. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's news articles <laughs> on my wife and I'm like, what is going on? And then I start sharing this, some of this on, on LinkedIn and the schools started reaching out to me saying, love you to come and do a talk. Mm. And I remember my manager at work said to me, you should start going to schools. And he recommended me to his daughter's school and spoke to the head teacher. Head teacher invited me and I went in and I did a talk at right. that school. Yeah, yeah. All I did was just shared my Your story. Story, my, my journey in school, how I dealt with letting my personality embracing my personality, how I let that shine yeah. and how that got me away from people calling me names to people becoming friends with me. Mm. And that caught on, you know, that school then told other schools about me. And now I'm on this crossroad, which I'm very openly talking about where I want to do this full time. Full -time. I want to go and talk. I want to help. I want to support. I want to inspire. Yeah. So that's the 10,000 foot view uh, of, of Yeah, yeah, of it's so I'm much doing. to tap into there, right? <laughs> I, I don't even know where to. <laughs> but there's so much. I mean, you know, we probably need to do like a whole series on this. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. So um, you mentioned that um, people get tumours uh, on different parts. Yeah. Uh, it could be, an, and you, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to see it, yeah. you got it on your face. Yeah, yeah. From what age? So we realised, I was born in India. So, oh, so you're uh, born in India? I was born in India. I'm the youngest of four siblings. Right. My dad at that time was in, was in England when I was born. And his plan was, like many South Asians, perhaps to go back after, you know, making some money here. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Set up there. And, you know, we, we had a hotel there. We had our own business and everything was going well. Mm. And then we were from a very small town in the northeast region of India, near, near the border of Bangladesh. Okay. And... Um, they saw my face starting to swell up a little bit and my eye swell up a little bit. And they thought I had a bump or a fall or something might have happened. What age? So this was about two, just under two years old. So, oh, so, right, yeah, wow. Yeah, so just after my first birthday, uh, apparently. So we at that time, they, they at that time didn't know what was actually wrong. So they took me to the local doctors, they had a look, they said, it doesn't seem like a bump or a fall to us, could be something worse. Why don't you take him to Delhi, New Delhi, capital of India, go there, see if there's better treatment because where we were is quite remote. So they took us to Delhi and they said, look, this is a genetic condition. Another networking event, another success. Make sure you come to my next one, which lands on Valentine's Day. So all the single ladies and all the single men and the couples, I invite you all to my next business networking event which is on the second Wednesday, it lands on 14th of February. I'll see you there. Yes, we can do the treatment here, but of course it was very expensive, very, very long. We don't know if we've got the expertise here. So at that time, my, my dad decided to bring everyone and approve all my family to England. And my oldest sibling at that time was 16. So you can imagine everyone came to England. There was some remorse from, from my siblings at that time because you know up until 16, they were in India. They were, they were okay, now suddenly they've got to change their entire life. They're thankful for it now because, you know, land of opportunities, they've, they've all done very well in their own respected areas. But at that time it was very difficult. So we came here at the age of two. They confirmed that I had neurofibromatosis type 1, condition none of us have heard about 
you know, nobody knew what yeah. this was. Nobody knew what it, what it was going to be like. I certainly didn't know anything at that time. I mean, my very first memories of it are school, which which I, which I can go into is going into school and people not wanna, wanting to sit next to me. Mm. Other children not wanting to be my friend, either because they were scared, curious, or they felt that if they're my friend, the cooler kids in the school won't be their friend. Is this in India or up here? No, this is here. Right. So this is once I've come here, maybe when I was in year two or year three, when I st vague memories. So I, I started my whole schooling life here. So I, so I suppose that was nursery then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started my whole schooling life here. So my very first memories are going to school and people not wanting to sit next to me or wanting to know me. My, my, my only friend at that time was the support teacher okay. who used to help me out and she used to sit next to me and help me and, and go through things with me. Mm, interesting. Wow. So that's when they realised that it was something, you had a bump. Yeah. And then your dad decided to move all your siblings to UK. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess then he's just working. Yeah. And you're, you've started your school journey and that's when, I guess, did you realise that something was wrong? Yeah. So did that, it start that, getting bigger? Yeah. So the tumours grow. That's the nature of it. So I've, I've had 24 surgeries up until now wow. in my life. 24 surgeries. So was it even bigger? So, yeah. So there's, there's, there's images of me when I was 11 years old, just before going to secondary school. Yeah. And I used to have a really big eyelid. Literally, the eyelid was huge. Mm. And it used to cover my eye. Right. And at the age of 11, when I was in year seven, yeah. they removed the eye. It was like an 18-hour surgery to remove the eye with various complications. You know, they had, the way they do it, I'm no doctor, but they went through the back of the head. They, they can't just pull your eye out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to go through the back of the brain. Probably cut some nerves off. and Exactly, to take the eye out. And it was very intense surgery. Why did they take your eye out? Because it was, it was, the tumour was the affecting... Tumors, the tumours were affecting my eye. So they were starting to go into the eye, basically. Right, so makes sense. The way the brain works, it's something's not right. The brain rejects it right so the brain was rejecting my eye and, and if they didn't do the surgery yeah the eye would have just come out at some point okay so when they removed your eye yeah. visibly you have got an eye up there yeah so that's that's not so real this eye. is a prosthesis this this actually comes off so this i can show you if you want yeah this literally just comes off like that it's literally wow. as as easy as that it's pretty cool party trick it's <laughs> a <laughs> so pretty pretty cool party trick and then you can just Put it back on. So these are the magnets that hold it. Right. So you can imagine I had that surgery when I was 11 years old. Those magnets went in when I was 11 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it's been like, what, you're 33, you said yeah. now, and it's been in there like for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. You're, it's, you're just used to that. I'm, I'm, I'm completely used to it. But yeah. you can imagine in year seven, yeah. to go into school, I used to have an eye patch because I had to heal for about, about a year before they could make this prosthesis for me. Going to school wearing an eye patch in year seven mm. was brutal because children are probably the most honest and the most upfront yeah. human beings. Yeah, yeah. So they were just like, What is that? Yeah, just why are you wearing an eye patch? Mm. And then, then it was like the jokes, like, you know, Captain America, Bird's Eye, One Eye Wonder, all these different names under the tree that you can, you know, blobby cheek, everything was like being hit at me and it was tough. Mm, I can you, imagine. You don't know. At that age, you don't know what depression and anxiety is. Mm. But looking back now, I know I was going through those emotions because I did not want to go to school. I did not want to be with those people. Yeah. I just wanted to hide in my room. 
Did you go college uni as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you experience that throughout college uni? Or did it got you better. It right. got better, and I'll tell you why. And this is, this is the journey, and this is, this is the thing that I talk about when I go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, and to help children overcome their challenges. You have to embrace your personality. And as a child, we all have hobbies, we all have likes, we all have things we enjoy. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed playing cricket. I loved cricket, and I still do to this day. Yeah. Loved the game. And... My dad bought me a cricket ball and a bat and all the pads and everything. And I used to, I used to bowl by myself every single day at the, in our garden to the wall. Or I'd play with my brother. But when he's not around, I'd just bowl to the wall all day long after mm. coming back from school. And I never really had the courage to ask other school children if I can go and play with them. But then in year eight, one day I mustered up that courage to ask a group of boys that were playing cricket yeah. while I was getting out of school. So it was the end of the day. I was leaving and there were some other people there. And I said, oh, can I, can I play with you? And they were like, no. And they were laughing and they were taking the, taking the mick out of me and they were like, what are you going to do? And I thought, no, let me have a ball, please. So reluctantly, they handed me the ball. Mm. And I remember the batsman, he was holding the bat with one hand, just swinging it around, going, what's this guy going to do? Like, and he was talking to the guy who was standing behind the makeshift stumps, the, the school bins that we have. Mm. And he was standing behind the bin and he was just laughing. And I went in, and I, was, and, I, and I was a fast bowler, so I was like holding the seam with those plastic wind balls. And I ran in, and I bowled it, and he swung, and he missed. And suddenly everyone was like, wait, this guy can bowl. Yeah, yeah. So the, keep, the guy who was keeping wicket threw the ball back at me and said, do it again. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to bowl a Yorker. I'm going to bowl out his toes, and I'm going to hit that. <laughs> I'm going to hit that bin, I'm going to get him out. So there's me really focusing. I bowl the ball. Boom, hit the bin, he's out. Suddenly they're like out, yeah. cheering, they're, yeah, they're yeah, shaking yeah, yeah. my hand, like, oh, you're really good, you are. And then the next day, the PE teacher calls me and goes, I saw you bowl last night. Mm. Why don't you join our cricket team? Right. Uh, we've got a club and we, we go out and play some of the schools. Mm. Why don't you join? We're going to be doing some summer, summer games. And I was like, yeah, why not? I became the highest wicket taker for that school wow. that year, up until that point. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I went from Amit, the guy with the funny face, to Amit, the guy who plays cricket. Yeah, they started respecting you, right? That's the shift. And that happened because I embraced my personality. Yeah. And I talk about confidence a lot in schools, in corporations, and in colleges and universities when I go and do my talks. And I think there's four main principles of confidence. Confidence is not something we're born with. Nobody's mm. born confident. Yeah. Confidence is something you can learn, practice, and perfect. Yeah, yeah. And the very first step of confidence is embracing your personality. Mm. So I talk to young children and I say to them, think of three things that you like, enjoy, and you do. The most scary part in our life is going from year six to year seven because suddenly you're going from a small school into this big secondary school. Yeah. For me, that was daunting, challenging. But had I known that if I embraced my personality earlier, yeah. it would have been easier for me to make that shift, then I would have been a stronger person. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I go to primary schools and tell children, think of those three things and go into year seven with those three things. Talk about those things, embrace them, own them, respect them, and you become a stronger person. So that was the shift for me. That's what started this snowball effect of me being who I am, yeah. embracing who I am. And because I embraced who I am, people started respecting that. So the first step, like I said, is embrace your personality. Embrace your personality. What's the second? Second one is um, accept who you are. I hadn't accepted myself up until six months ago, I'll be honest with you. Even though... I had my personality, I embraced it, people liked me, I got on with people, I had friends. If you go onto my Instagram and look at any photograph before 15th of May, 
2023. Yeah. You'll see every single picture is like this. Me standing like... Covering your face. Yeah, I'm doing all these poses where I'm trying to put, get people to focus on the right side of my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I hadn't accepted the left-hand side of my face. And before all this happened, before my first TikTok video on 15th of May, 2023, when I was talking to my wife, my wife's from India, we've had like a part arranged, part sort of love marriage, mm. which is a completely different story, which we can tap into. But when we were speaking on video calls, I used to hold the phone like this to her. And I used to talk to her. So she didn't know that you... She knew I had the condition. She, she was told and she knew and she, she was fine with it or she wouldn't speak to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, was, I was still wasn't... So I'd hold the phone like this. And then one day she said to me, if I'm going to marry you, I'm not going to marry half of your face. <laughs> <laughs> so quit showing me half of your face and hold the phone properly so we can have a normal conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the point the penny dropped for me. Mm. One, I knew she's the right person for me because she accepts me for who I am. But two... I've not really accepted who I am. Yeah. And that started a different journey of acceptance. Yeah. And then once I started doing that, and then once I started creating the videos, I figured out that it's about belief as well. Believing mm. in yourself. Like, I believe I can go and inspire children and make a difference in their life. I believe I can inspire people with my story. And that leads to actions. That leads to me creating TikTok videos. Yep. Going, to, going to schools and talking. And that creates results. And the results are when people come back to me and say, Amit, your story has really, really inspired me. It's moved me. It's when parents message me saying, oh, my boy came from school today and told me about you. Thanks so much for going and doing a talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beliefs lead to actions. Actions lead to results. So belief is the third. And the fourth one, yeah. which is the most important and which I teach children, is embrace everyone's differences. Celebrate everyone's differences. Because we're all different. Yeah. If we, when I tell them to do that activity and write down three things that they like, enjoy, or do, if everyone wrote the same thing down, it would be a very boring classroom. Yeah, and they yeah. all nod their head and agree. And I said, that's the beauty. Every single one of you are different. Every mm. single one of you has something different to offer to this world. So embrace that, celebrate that. We are who we are, what we are, how we are. And that's, that's the story that I go in with, the narrative I go in with when I go to schools colleges, universities, corporations. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and I think even the, the, the last one where you say embrace everybody, I think that's very, very important because mm. the two points that you mentioned, one was when you're, you were speaking to your uh, wife. Yeah. Wife, is it? Was mm. it? Yeah. And she said to you, well, I'm not going to marry half of your face. I'm going to marry you full. <laughs> and the penny dropped for you yeah, because yeah. she embraced you. She accepted you. And then absolutely. You, as a result, you accept, you said, okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. And then the second one you said six months ago, which I presume when you st people started inviting you to schools and yeah. you, people started, you know, encouraging you to speak your story. Yeah, yeah. So I guess other people have to accept you to a, to a point where then you just, you, you begin to see your potential, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is all a part of my journey that I've been on in the last six, seven months of, yeah. of, of, so when I go and do these talks, so when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, I spoke to HSBC not long ago on okay. the, um, World Mental Health Day, and I said, I'm no motivational speaker. I haven't gone and done a course on public speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not done all of this. I'm here giving you an authentic, real story. Of what my did they life. say? And they loved it. I mean, there was about 300 people watching the webinar across their global offices on World Mental Health Day, and they absolutely loved it because... What I was saying was true, it was authentic, and it was from the heart. It was my real life lived experiences. Yeah, yeah. How I've dealt with these stories, and I told them some of the 
challenging stories of things that have happened in my life that I've encountered yeah. that have molded me to be who I am today. Yeah, yeah, you know, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, you are a, talking about TikTok, you are a TikTok superstar. <laughs> you got over one point something million yeah. likes. Um, I think around over 100,000 followers by the mm. time this comes out. So, you put your first TikTok out about six months ago? Six months, yeah. 15th of May, 2023. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how often do you post on TikTok and what's your relationship like with TikTok? <laughs> it's really good. Like when I first started, I was posting like two, three times a day and I was getting a lot of interaction, a lot of people messaging me, a lot of positives, negatives. And I really embraced the negatives even more because it highlighted the problems that are out there in, in, in society yeah, yeah, at the yeah. moment. Like, you know, a lot of people would make comments about my wife saying, oh, she's done it for the money, she's done it for the passport, or whatever. And then I could hit them head because on. Because she's from? Because she's from back home, she's from India. People are like, oh, she's just done it to come to the UK. And I'd hit them straight on and I'd reply back to those comments. Yeah, yeah. And that would highlight the stigmas that are in society. Like, before I got married, I'll tell you a story. Um, I went to a wedding one day, and this is before my wife was even on the scene. And somebody said to me, oh... So when are you going to get married? And then they paused and then they tapped me. And to, to comfort me, they said, oh, think about it this way. Would you want your daughter to marry someone that looks like you? Mm. And in what way is that comforting? You know, in what way, you know, and it was almost like nobody believed That's that. That's just an unhelpful conversation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like the community and the society didn't believe I could get married because of my appearance. Like, you know, you've got a good job, you've got, you know, you've, you've got your degree now. Yeah, it's going to be tough to find you a wife. Just mm. accept that. Yeah. So now that I've got married, everyone's like, oh, she's done it for the money, she's done it for this. Her family did not want me to get married to her. Her dad, three or four days before the wedding, said he would rather commit suicide than give her away to me. So I guess at the moment the relationship up there with the family is a little bit... It's got better now, right. now that they've seen who I am and, you know, that whole personality part of it. Yeah. So I'll tell you, so when I, I met her through a friend, I'll tell you how I met her. I met her through a friend who's in India because my family were trying to get me an arranged marriage for a while in India. All my, all my other siblings have arranged marriages from India and they're all very happy. And I, I'm also a very traditional guy. I like being, you know, I'm cultured. I like going back to India. I go back to India at least once a year. Yeah. So I wanted to marry someone from, from India or, or, or from my background. From, from the very start, but they were very, everyone was struggling to find me a wife because every, because the way in, arranged marriages work is like virtual Tinder. You swap photographs basically, <laughs> but you're not being swiped by the groom or the bride, you're being swiped by the parents. <laughs> so parents are either chucking the photo away or saying, okay, let's move on to the next stage. Mm. So as soon as people were seeing my photo, it was like, yeah, something wrong with him. Yeah. So I wasn't being accepted. And I was in India one, you know, I was talking to a friend and um, he said, let me see, if, you know, if, if I know anyone, I'll, I'll let you know. And I thought nothing of it, came to England and he met, called me one day and goes, I know this girl who's really nice, really family orientated, and I think you two would really get on. Yeah. Can I introduce you? And I said, look, I trust you. If you think she's good, go for it, you know. He goes, right, I'm going to go and see her tomorrow and I'll, I'll, I'll give her your number and we can swap numbers. So he went and she said, hell no, I'm not getting married. Not because of the way I look. But she's like, she's a makeup artist by profession in India. So she was like, I'm booked for the next six months. I haven't got time for this. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not getting married. No. Yeah. And he's like, no, just talk to him. Just talk to him. She's like, no, I ain't got time. And she, 
that was it. And then he came back to me and said, yeah, yeah, she's, she's busy. But message her anyway. And I was like, no, I can't just message someone that said no. He goes, no, just trust me, just message her. You like, got a message, it's called follow up. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent her a message and she replied back after a few hours. Those, those few hours are the longest few hours of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking, what have I done? Why have I done this? But she replied back saying, yeah, I know who you are. You know, your, your friend, my friend mentioned that you were going to message me. Um, yeah, how are you? And, I, and we just started chatting. And the ro my, my, one of my sisters has moved back to India after she got married. Right. And she lives near my wife's yeah. house. Mm. So I was like, oh, my sister lives near you and blah, blah, blah. And we would start talking. And then we just started messaging each other, messaging, messaging. And there was a click. Like people ask me sometimes what love is and what relationships are. And for me, it's a click. It's either there or it isn't. And when we started messaging, there was a click. And we kept on talking, kept on talking. And then we started video calling. And it just sort of snowballed. And, she and how married. old were you at this point? So this was, I got married in 2021. Wow, so... So, so we've only been, it's going to be two years in December this year. So we've only been married. Wow, so was she, so was that your first, first girl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, we started talking and that led to her being worried about what her family and friends would think. Yeah. And she went and told one of her, one of her family members and they said this isn't going to be accepted by our family you know what will people say what yeah. will the society say that we're just giving you away because he lives in uk we're not we're not caring about you no no we can't do this and it was a big hard fight for us to get that approval her brother was against it her brother said to me when i was in india after the wedding that a lot of it wasn't to do with me a lot of it was to do with what if she changes her mind what if she is unattracted to me when she moves to England or mm. at some point? He goes, it wasn't just about, you, you know, that. Yes, it was about society and everything, but it was also about looking out for me, apparently. But like I said, her father said, I'd rather commit suicide than let you marry him. Yeah, yeah. And then she, the way it happened was, she said, okay, so you're saying you can't, I can't marry him because of his medical condition, the way he looks. I will marry whoever you want me to marry, but you sign this document here that says the person I marry will never have an accident, never break a leg, never lose an arm, you know, never get a scar on his face. Yeah, yeah. And I'll marry whoever you want me to marry. Mm. <laughs> and they were like, well, we can't do that, of course. So they accepted it. And um, no, not, not a lot of their family members came to the wedding. Her mum didn't come to the wedding. Her dad came just to give his blessings. And that was it. And then for about a month, I didn't, hear from them, meet them. And I stayed in India for about three months after the wedding. And then finally they decided to invite me to the house. Right. So I went and then her mum saw me, spoke to me. And they're very happy now because they're seeing, obviously, their daughter's happy. I've just bought a new house. I've moved in with my wife. Oh, in fact, we moved into our own place last, last Friday, me and her. And, you know, we're living, we're living the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. So what's the relationship like with your own brothers and sisters? One of the reasons I am who I am today is because of the way my family brought me up, the strength, because they normalised my condition. Like, I, I, I go back to my, my dad buying me a cricket ball and a cricket bat. Somebody said to him, oh, why are you letting him play cricket? What if he injures himself and hurts his face even more? Mm. And my dad was like, if my boy wants to play cricket, he wants to play cricket. And that kind of gave me that normality almost, mm. that actually I'm not different. My brother, I was petrified of him. Like, you know, he used to like, as an older brother, Desi beatings. I used to get that. 
I didn't get any special treatment because I was different. I remember he's a big sound guy and he, and he had these really expensive speakers, right. the, the Bowers and Wilkins speakers. And um, I poked the Twitter and put the grill back on and he listened to music and he could hear it and he took the, he took the grill off and he saw it poked. He called me over and was like, who did this? And I was like, not me. Like, Stop beating <laughs> me up. <laughs> so because he did that, it actually gave me that strength to say, actually, I'm no different. I'm just, I am just another human being. I'm, I'm normal. Yeah, yeah. And that is the beauty of it. One of my sisters was really protective of me. She was really scared and she was really worried. And she used to give me a lot of love, but she, at the same time, she was very worried. And I remember she said to me one day, look, Sal Salman Khan's not married. It's fine if you don't get married. And I was yeah, like, yeah. why are you comparing me to Salman Khan? <laughs> She's like, don't worry, you know, marriage yeah. isn't everything. And I, so yeah, they 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 looked out for me and they. they well, it's good to hear that they, you know your own blood family was really really supportive, yeah, right, yeah. in what you're currently doing. So um, you mentioned that you really want to do public speaking, and I you do. know you really. So the events and the places that you've been going to now, where have you been getting the where have people been flocking in from from LinkedIn, I suppose, or LinkedIn. Um, some of it is uh, people DMing me on 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 Instagram. Yeah. I recently went to the Asian Lifestyle uh, show in uh, Birmingham, Edgbaston Cricket Ground. Yeah. Again, that was them reaching out to me, right. saying we're doing a panel on um, disability in the Asian community. So come down. Uh, come down and and, and uh, do a panel discussion. I did that with Dr. Ammo, and that was that was. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, schools, it's kind of snowballing. One school will do a talk with me and then they will tell their network of schools. And then suddenly I'll get an email saying, oh, you've just done a talk at this school. Can you come and do a talk at ours? Never did I have this. If you asked me one year ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have never thought of this. And now suddenly I'm thinking of this as, a, as, a, as an a opportunity of a, of a career. Um, I've been grateful enough to be invited to go and speak in America. You know, I'm going, I'm going to Texas in April to speak at a charity they're a neurofibromatosis tumor charity, and I'm, uh, they've got a conference, and I'm speaking as a keynote speaker at their conference. Very good. So, so it's all starting to pick up now. Develop, there's yeah. momentum. There's, and, and I'm really enjoying it because, for me, it was always like I wasn't chasing the commercial side of it. It was more of the value. Yeah. Like I know if I'm adding the right value and creating the right impact, everything else will follow. If I want to make this a full-time career, I will start getting paid when the time is right. And now, slowly but surely, there's there's those pockets of opportunities starting to appear. And I'm sure as time goes on, there'll be more of those. You'll get more, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess at the moment, the speaking that you're doing, are you charging people? I didn't to start with. Schools, I was going in. Um, the few schools that I did at start, I didn't charge. But now, slowly, I am charging a fee to those schools. But I work with the budget of the schools because I know schools don't have a lot of money. So I say to them, look, at the end of the day, for me, it's about creating the right impact. So let's work on a budget that works for you. Uh, if I'm taking time out of work, it would just be to compensate that time that I'm taking out of work. Yeah. Because I'm still doing my day job. I'm transitioning at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what is your day job? So I work for a law firm. As a, So throughout my life, I've done business development. So I've been in sales. I started off working on telesales. A lot of it was subconsciously to do with confidence, uh, as ironic that is. I didn't feel confident to go in front of people yeah so i started doing telesales and once you get into sales you're just stuck in it then i did my career in marketing and then i went into business development so now i work for a law firm in their marketing team mm. and i help lawyers build their practice and sell basically so that that's my that's my day job so what do you mean by sell so i help lawyers build their practice so i work for a commercial law firm they have 
huge B2B clients. Yeah. I help nurture those B2B relationships, find new relationships. So I'll go to a networking event, build relationships with new clients, try and bring those clients into the business and help those lawyers then sell their services to those businesses. Oh, sell their services, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But when you said exit, I'm talking what big IPO exits and I'm thinking, right, okay, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You're going Texas, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When when is that? Is that April. Next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the this podcast will definitely be out before then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so America, they pay, they pay really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially with you going out now to go in schools, you should document everything. Yeah. Are you doing that? or I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like a CV, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the last, from September to now, I've already spoke at like seven schools. Wow. And I've got more bookings lined up for December, January. So I'm in this phase where, you know, I want to transition into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what it is? It's, it's crazy because I had a friend, he had he suffered from something to do with his leg. Yeah. It was, um, something happened. He had some medical. And with every negative situation, there's a positive. Yeah. Right? And even though your upbringing, you had this tumour with your, yeah. you know, you suffered for your most till your teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And, and now look at, look at you now. Absolutely. Right? I'm a strong believer of everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Everything. And you're still young? That's it. Well, I think so. I've got, well, I've got some grey hair, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got grey beard Stronger. as well, which makes it really bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. People don't see that yeah. because they see something really supposedly on the surface looks really bad and think, oh, well, that's the end of that. But it's not. No, it's not. It's not. And like I said, I'm a really strong believer of everything happens for a reason. I got into this law firm that I'm working at at the moment. Then my manager recommends me to go and speak at uh, his daughter's school and then suddenly five of the schools invite me because of that. You know, everything is connected. All the, you, yes, know, you might not know where your life is heading right now, but five years down the line, you look back and be like, oh, I did that podcast. Yeah. And, you know, that podcast led to this. You know, Shivani's podcast led to you. Your podcast is going to lead to something bigger and better. It's, yeah. It's, everything happens for a reason. No, no, 100%, 100%. And you mentioned that your wife was nagging you to do TikTok videos. Yeah, yeah. What's her background? Why did she, like, she must have seen something what you didn't see at that time. I don't know. I mean, she, she... You need to ask her that. Yeah, I do, I do. She watches a lot of Instagram stuff and YouTubes and yeah. all these videos all the time. And I think she was following somebody on Instagram. Right. Uh, they were called People of India. And People of India have actually done a series on me as well. Wow. Which got like... I think three million, four million views. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she said, "Look, these amazing stories. I think you've got a story. Create a video, do something." And that's what led to it. Yeah. Are you on, you're on YouTube? You started your own YouTube channel. I just as well? started my YouTube channel not long ago. That's that's growing. I've not done a lot of content on it, but I want to. How are you going. finding content? Like, what's your uh, like? Do you find it difficult? Do you find it easy? Or are you just? You know what? I do it from the heart. Whenever it comes, it comes. Like I did one. Before I, before I did your podcast, I sat in, in this, this restaurant and I just made a video on confidence. Right. And I, and I spoke about how confidence is something we can learn, mm. practice and perfect. And I used my example. Like if you told me one year ago to go and speak at a school. Yeah, yeah. I just said, I can't do that. But now I've spoke at seven schools. I spoke at a school last week where there was 400 um, students listening to me talk. And I was, I was walking along the assembly hall, sharing my story with them. Tell me about TikTok because even though you might not see it, it's, it's, it's really good that you know, you're know you big on TikTok. Mm. If someone wants to grow their TikTok channel, 
what would you say to them? Because you've grew it to <laughs> anybody who wants to grow anything on social media, it's consistency. Yeah, I think it's consistency and it's authenticity. Be authentic in your messaging. Authentic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, be authentic. Be yourself. Yeah, be yourself. It's really important. Whenever I've created a video, mm. thinking about trying to make it work or trying to get views, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But when I'm real, when I'm authentic, it works. Like I showed people how my eye opens on one of the videos. Right. And I think that video is on 23 million views. It's literally just me taking my eye off, showing people that this is how easily it comes off yeah. and putting it back on. And there was one where I said, sometimes I open my eye, because when I'm at home, I leave it open sometimes, mm. just so air can go into it and you can get some, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, be, be moist. And sometimes like a delivery man will knock on the door or something and I'll open the door and I'll notice their face and I'll see them shocked and I'll, I'll apologize. And I said that story on, on one of the TikTok videos. And I think over, you know, 200 people replied back saying, don't be sorry, don't be sorry. And actually now, three months ago, four months ago, I, I could never think about opening my eye like I just did in front of you. But now right. I'm like, this is who I am. Like, Why not? This yeah, yeah. Me. You've accepted who yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So TikTok has actually helped me become more confident as well. You know, yes, I went out there to help people, but it has actually made me into a more confident and stronger person. Do you get companies reaching out to you and saying, sponsor this and do this? No, not yet. Um, if any, anyone's listening, then please do reach out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised because they, like, there will be a lot, there should be a lot of companies that, you know, because for them, you are a platform. Yeah. You're a business. Yeah. So maybe after this. Maybe after this, yeah. Who knows? Right? <laughs> maybe after this, yeah. So, so you're currently still in your job then, right? I'm currently still in my job. Uh, Are you handing your notice in? Well, to be fair, the, uh, my, my company has been very, very supportive of everything I'm doing up right. until now. And that's I'm very grateful for that. Mm. But I know I need to do the right thing that's best for me, but also best for who I work for. Because yeah. if I'm being paid to do a job, I need to be doing that job. So when I'm working, I'm giving my full commitment, but there's a lot of time that I need out now of that. So either I transition between where I reduce my working days for now and then do what I want to do and then transition into it or just Yeah, you know, dive I guess in. you're going to have to have that conversation with them, exactly. right? Exactly. So over the, over the few months, next month or so, I'm having those conversations with them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe They're just... probably watching this thinking. <laughs> yeah, well, this won't be out till next year, so... Yeah. Um... It's always good to have that conversation, isn't it? It is. It is. Because at the end of the day, you have to... No, you have to be open and honest. For anyone who's looking to transition to become self-employed or is doing something at the moment which they're so passionate about, yeah, you have to be honest to all the stakeholders that are around you. Mm. you know, that's, that's the best way forward. Because if you're hiding things or if you're trying to work around them, then it's going to come out. And then it's that integrity and everything comes into, into play. Of course. You have to do what you love to do and what yeah. you're passionate about. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I spoke to my manager about this. My manager who recommended me to a school, he's left. And he will message me every now and then saying, you're going to do great. You know, you're going to do brilliant. Love what you're doing. But my existing manager now, I've had an open conversation with him. and said, I did not know this is going to happen to me. This hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, yeah. You know, one year ago, we were on a development plan for me to be head of sales. Now, suddenly, I'm like, I love what I do because the stories that come from the back of it, I'm like, this is just amazing. I want to do this full time. They know I want to do this full time. I've been, I've been very honest with them. Yeah, because it's impacting people. And yeah. when, when we help others, it helps others. That's it. So it, it works. Um, and look, all this is happening because of social media. Yeah, yeah. Social media is a very, very powerful tool. 
very powerful. I mean, it has its negatives, but has its positives as well. Yeah. You know, people can get some great source of inspiration from the right channels and the right right areas. Yeah. So, have you got any kids? Not yet. No. Not yet. So, I guess you 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 know, it's only you and your missus then, really, isn't it? At the it? moment, yeah. So. Are you like genuinely planning this to do talks all around the world? You want to do that? You want to travel? I want to travel. I want to talk around the world. I want to, I want to inspire people. I want to help support and inspire people. I recently got appointed by an organization called Billion Strong as yeah. their global advisor. Now, Billion Strong is an organization that helps give identity to people with disabilities. Right. Give them a voice. Give them, give them a platform to either go and, you know, if they're good musicians out there who are disabled but don't have the platform, they help them give that platform if there's entrepreneurs out there who have disabilities who don't have the platform they help give them that platform and i did a podcast with um this company about two months ago and the chairman of billion strong yeah deborah rue was was a host and when it finished she called she emailed me straight away and said look i need to have a chat with you and we, we spoke and she said i want to make you a global advisor for this billion strong and i want you to be a part of our team because I strongly believe you can add some really, really good impact. So there's, 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 there's things happening from this now, just starting to snowball. But it was all because of yeah. social media. So when big companies like that reach out to you and ask you for, you know, to come and support, do they pay or do they just... Some do. A billion strong um, will probably at some point commercialise this. But for me, a lot of it is about adding that value. Because I'm, I'm a strong believer of when you add the value the money will follow at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't chase the money, you follow the value, you chase the value, you create the right impact. That's that, That's my philosophy. What's next for you then? Another networking event, another success. Make sure you come to my next one, which lands on Valentine's Day. So all the single ladies and all the single men and the couples, I invite you all to my next business networking event, which is on the second Wednesday. It lands on 14th of February. I'll see you there. There's so much, like, there's so much that goes on my head. Um, I, I was speaking to somebody the other day, uh, Dr. Amo Raju. He's recently wrote a book, Walk Like a Man, uh, his book was called. And he said to me that you should write a book. And I said, it's too early. I mean, what have I done in my life to write a book? He goes, if I sat down with you for an hour, you could probably tell me. You should write a book. <laughs> yeah. So he said, there's loads of stories already that you've got. And, you know, it could be like a part one and a part two, you know, 100%. part one now and a part two in about 10 years time. Yeah. About what's happened between because because he, he, he was like, I think in the next 10 years, you're going to blow up. You're going to do some great things. And I was like, maybe, hopefully. And he was like, you should write a book now and you should write a book in then. 10 years time. But I don't, I don't know, maybe if, if the right people and the right support comes to me, then, then I'll, I'll write one. Yeah, well, I can help you with that if you know, so I can put you in touch with the right people. That would be great. Um, if, you're, if you want to write books, especially if you want to do like, you know, public speaking. Uh, and you know, grow your brand. It, it helps hugely, massively, because it just puts you as a an authority figure. Yeah, straight away. That's it. No, so so writing a book, but definitely speaking, because I love I love speaking. Yeah. And I want to go. And, I want to go and speak in countries where people don't have the opportunity to hear about these things. India, yeah. Bangladesh, Af places. You'll Africa. be huge in India as well. Yeah, because you know wh one of the things that inspired me as well. I'm going to tell you a short story again. Something that happened in India after I got married. I had to get my wife's passport done. Mm. And to do that, you need to go to the police station to get a verification done. So we got all the documents, went to the uh, police station, and the receptionist saw me. She saw my documents, and she was like, oh, handed it back, and said, it's missing. And I was like, what's missing? She goes, something's missing. She wouldn't tell me what. 
thankfully there was somebody there who had a look and said, actually, you just need to get another photocopy of a document. Mm. Just go across the road and it'll be fine. So I went across the road, photocopied it, came back. When I came back, she got up and she said, oh, I'm feeling ill. I'm feeling dizzy. I'm going to go. She went. Somebody came and sat in her position, took the documents off me, looked at it, stamped it, all done. Walking off, my wife goes, do you know what happened? I'm going, no. She goes, when you left, she asked me who you were. So I said, that's my husband. And her reply was, you married that, not him or this person. Wow. Her reply was, you married that? How could you? Mm. She made like a funny face, apparently. And that is lack of education. That's all it is. It's lack of understanding. Yeah, ignorance, isn't it? Yeah. And I want to go to these countries and, and talk and educate and inspire and, and highlight. And people of India which is a fat platform on, on Instagram, we're doing an amazing job of sharing these stories as well mm. because it's starting to highlight that people with disabilities, people with conditions also have personalities, also have likes and dislikes. They also have their favourite you know, Netflix series. They also go out to eat. They, they're human beings. Yeah. So treat them like one. And it's about going out to these places and, and, and just talking, just being authentic, just being real. Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely love that. So just before we wrap this up, any final message you want to share with people and just let them know how they can reach out to you? And uh, Well, they, they can find me on, on social media, Amit Ghosh, NF1, uh, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like I said. But any messages, just be who you are. Be true, be authentic. Since I started becoming authentic and since I truly started accepting who I am, great things have happened to me. Amazing things have happened. So... For anyone out there who wants to create a successful business, be better at whatever they're doing, yeah, just be yourself. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, keep doing great work. I know you're going to absolutely crush it. Thank you're you. definitely going to crush it. I wouldn't say 10 years. I would say three years. <laughs> thank um, you so much. And hopefully we can get you back on here and do a part two. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks so it. much. Thank you for your time. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode insightful. And if you did, make sure you subscribe so you won't miss the next one. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week. So I'll see you there.